This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, dear listeners, welcome to the Tupperware Party, Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted to discussion and analysis of the HBO TV series The Leftovers. I'm your host, Andrew Johnson, and I'm here with regular co-host Charlie Nash. Hey, Charlie. Hi, everyone. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing good. I've been writing for Edge on the Net and Movie Mezzanine, so I'm freelancing this summer, but um, I'm doing fairly well. How about you, Andrew? I'm doing okay. Some of our Detect This listeners may know that I got a job uh, teaching high school English, which was a challenge, but I survived and I'm ready to relax this summer. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this new podcast with you. Me too. This is episode number zero of the Tupperware Party. This is just a quick little intro so we can let you all know who we are, what this podcast is going to be like, and what we hope to see in The Leftovers this summer. First of all, Charlie, let's tell everyone a little bit about ourselves. Uh, My name is Andrew Johnson. I'm the founder and CEO of Film Geek Radio, which is a network of film and TV-themed podcasts. I also work uh, full-time as a teacher, and I'm a freelance film critic on the side. You may have seen some of my writing at places like Movie Mezzanine, Crave Online, a few newspapers here in North Carolina, and a bunch of other outlets. What about you, Charlie? Uh, I don't have uh, quite as impressive of a resume as you do, but I uh, basically co-host shows with you. I've co-hosted The Briefing Room on uh, Homelands, Avenging Angels, which was on the final season of Dexter, and then Detect This um, over the past winter. And I just graduated from Emerson College. I currently, as I said before, working as a freelancer for Edge on the Net and Movie Mezzanine and uh, doing podcasts with you currently. So just finding my way into the uh, film and TV world here. You're too modest, Charlie. You're too modest. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, as you mentioned, we've hosted a couple podcasts uh, together. And if anyone out there has listened to any of those podcasts, then you have a pretty good idea of what you can expect from this one. Basically, every week we're going to discuss the HBO series The Leftovers, and you should know right off the bat, we try to go a little bit deeper than a lot of podcasts. We'll probably start off each episode with a few general thoughts on the episode, and then we will dive straight into spoilers. So it's probably not a good idea to listen to this podcast until you've seen the episode of The Leftovers in question. And uh, we'll probably be taking at least 45 minutes to an hour each week just to really dive into the show and discuss what's going on. We are not cheerleaders. We are not fanboys though it's possible over the course of the season we will become big fans of the show. Uh, We're here to give an honest, critical account of what we think the show does really well and what we think it does poorly. We try to focus a lot on theme and what overall concepts and ideas these shows really seem to be trying to explore. And uh, I'll be honest, we don't know how it's going to turn out. We are committed to discussing all 10 episodes of this first season of The Leftovers. It's possible that, like True Detective, we'll end up loving it. It's also possible that, as happened with our Dexter podcast, we'll start to really hate the show, and this will turn into a weekly rant. (laughs) But uh, hopefully if that happens, it will at least be an interesting and thought-provoking weekly rant. Uh, But we'll just have to wait and see. It's kind of exciting, Charlie, to not really know what to expect. I know. uh, Absolutely. It was just like... uh how we began True Detective, where we had no idea what to expect. And, um, yeah, I, I love the cast of this show. Uh, it stars Justin Theroux, uh, Christopher Eccleston, Liv Tyler, and Dowd. 
uh, Amy Brenneman. And I do have to say, though, I'm a, the, the one thing that worries me a little bit is that it's created by Damon Lindelof, who did Lost, and I know he was responsible for uh, some of the later uh, developments in Lost. Now, I have to admit I have not seen Lost, but I've heard from uh, hardcore fans of the show that uh, the final season kind of was a big letdown. I think you were one of those people who told me that. And he also co-wrote Prometheus, where I, you know, I felt like, a lot of the people who watched Lost who then watched Prometheus uh, basically said that he kind of did the same thing, which was kind of set up a bunch of themes and big questions and made it seem like he was going to answer them in a very thought-provoking way, and it kind of teetered out. I don't know what your views on Prometheus are, but I'm pretty sure that you were not a big fan of Lost, if I'm correct, right? Well, here's the thing about Damon Lindelof, Charlie. Damon Lindelof is a talented writer, I also feel like, I again, I don't, I don't know how young he is. Um, I know he's been working in the business for a, a while now. But I feel like he's the type of writer who has a lot of great ideas, and he's willing to explore themes and topics that a lot of other writers don't want to get into. He's willing to, to add political subtext to his work. He's willing to go into themes about religion and God and the afterlife and and explore more mystical themes and i find all of that really interesting the problem is i feel like he's the kind of writer who's really great at bringing up some fascinating questions but then just assuming that that's enough and just saying yeah. all right we've got some great questions here this is really cool and while some of that will work in a television show, I think you need to give us at least some straight answers. And that was overall my big problem with Lost. I thought Lost was a pretty great show. I, I binge-watched the entire series in around a month. And I thought the first wow. five seasons were pretty great. And then I hated just about every single episode of season six because I felt like it was just getting crazier and bringing up all these new questions without bothering to 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 give any compelling answers to the questions they had already raised over the course of five seasons and that was frustrating and it was is the same to a certain extent with Prometheus which I felt like was caught between trying to be uh, a prequel to Alien and also its own unique original story and it could never quite figure out what it wanted to be so yeah. so he's kind of a he, he's, he's a mixed bag when it comes to, to writing. Um, a lot of great ideas that he, all, that he doesn't really always execute perfectly. So I admire the attempt a lot of the time more than I appreciate the final product. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates to another weekly series. Um, and, and for those listeners out there that don't know, let's just talk a little bit about what The Leftovers is. It's a new series on HBO, premieres June 29th. Uh, it was co-created by Damon Lindelof and Tom Parada. And Tom Parada is an author. His novels Election and Little Children were both previously turned into Academy Award-nominated films. And The Leftovers is based on his recent book of the same name. And, and basically the premise of the series is that it takes place in this uh, suburban community, and one day there's some sort of rapture-like event where uh, 2% of the world's population suddenly 
vanishes. And nobody knows why. You know, is it a religious rapture? Has God taken certain people to heaven? Have people been abducted by aliens? No one really knows. And and the show is just going to follow the people who were left behind. Hence the title, The Leftovers. Which sounds perfect for Damon Lindelof since he's really into these, these ideas about the afterlife and what's really out there and supernatural mysteries. So it's right, it's right up his alley. So uh, we'll have to see how it how it how it goes. But but Charlie, what are you looking forward to about this series? Well, I love the premise, as you just stated. Uh, I love uh, stories about the end of the world or the rapture. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of one of my favorite novels, which is The Stand by Stephen King, which is all about the end of the world and the survivors that um, populate uh the planet uh, afterwards and learning how to survive and brought up a lot of themes on good versus evil and the nature of mankind. And and it was also a big, uh, it had multiple characters. It never felt like there was just one protagonist. It, it was a bunch of people dealing with a bunch of different things and testing their morality. And I hope that um, The Leftovers uh, does that. It looks like Justin Thoreau is the first built actor, but from the previews uh, that I've seen whenever I've been watching like Game of Thrones on HBO Go, uh, well, I've liked how they've advertised this show. They're not really giving us any clear... It, it's basically just a bunch of images with some eerie narration over it without ever really showing us what's going on or what the show is about, which I wish they advertised stuff like that more often because it makes it more intriguing to me. And it doesn't even really state what the premise is in the trailer. It's just kind of um, very creepy and very ominous. And that's what's getting me into it as well, is the mystery behind what's going on. And I, I just love this cast. I mean, Anne Dowd was amazing in a film called Compliance a few years ago. I think Liv Tyler's a very underrated actress. Justin Thoreau, I he's a good writer. or He's a decent writer, and he's been uh, great in uh, one of my favorite films, Mulholland Drive. I hope that Damon Lindelof, I agree with you, he asked some very interesting questions. I hope that he follows through with it, because I loved the first hour of Prometheus and then just felt like, it, you know, it was basically monsters happen, but it is, he does know how to grip you into a story and get invested in these characters and their psychologies and uh, root for them. And really, uh, it, it, and it, you do follow along with them to a point where you do feel connected to them and giving you a rooting interest. And, you know, I guess what I lo- I'm also looking forward to about the show is I just don't know what to expect out of it. It just seems so vague in a good way. I know that's that's usually not a, something that I give compliment to if it's too vague or, you know, seemingly. Do the advertisements, do you think this is advertised well? Do you think it's going to grip people based on, you know, the trailers and the premise? And uh, what are you looking forward to, Andrew? Well, I've, I've tried to avoid a lot of the advertising just to kind of keep myself surprised. I did watch one trailer for the show and I thought it looked, it looked interesting. It definitely gave me a vibe of from the uh, of the Left Behind books, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the uh, the upcoming film starring Nicolas Cage, which I'm sure is going to be hilarious. Uh, and oh, yes. so, if if you're familiar at all with those books, those are those were very popular within the right wing conservative Christian community, and they they're all about the rapture. And I'm not sure if that's a good comparison <laughs> to draw, <laughs> but uh, that's kind of the vibe I got. It's like okay, people have vanished, and we don't know really what happened, and we have to cope now that we've been uh, now that we've been left behind. And as you mentioned, it's, it's got a pretty interesting cast. Uh, Justin Thoreau, he's been in some of the, a lot of weird, crazy, dramatic stuff. Like as you mentioned, he's been in some David Lynch films, but he's also really into comedy. He played the uh, the villain in Your Highness and Wonderlust. 
Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I didn't see Wanderlust, but I did see Your Highness, and despite the fact that that was a pretty terrible movie, he did have a lot of uh, energy, and it never felt like he was phoning it in. Yeah, I, I feel like I've mainly associated with him with comedies, you know, and he, he, he wrote the scripts for Tropic Thunder and Rock of Ages and Iron Man 2, and so he's a very talented guy. He's got a variety of skills, and I think it'll be interesting to see what he brings to what's uh, ostensibly a more serious dramatic role. Uh, you mentioned Ann Dowd is in The Leftovers. She's great. She was wonderful in compliance. Uh, recently, she's been playing Michael Sheen's mother on Masters of Sex, and she's been great in that role. And we did discuss her briefly on our last podcast, Charlie, because she popped up in the finale of True Detective as a pretty gross, uh, twisted person. Yeah, I, w- I feel like she wasn't used to the best of her abilities there. I feel like she was kind of... Uh, her character was much more of a stereotype to kind of make the villain all the more gross because he's, you know, and out is this disgusting person that he's, she's with for some reason that we're never really clear of. We don't really know who she is or what she's doing there. She's just kind of there. And I guess I hope that this show makes better use of her because as shown in movies like compliance and, um, Oh, and she was in uh, the Steven Soderbergh film Side Effects, too, and she she's just terrific, and um, I'm glad to see that she's getting a lot of work, and um, yeah, I agree with you. I, did, I forgot that Justin Thoreau wrote the screenplay to Tropic Thunder, and it's funny that you associate him with comedies because it's all the dramatic stuff that popped up for me. I also just remembered he was in Six Feet Under for the fourth season as... Uh, one of Brenda's boyfriends. So it's funny how we both uh, got completely <laughs> different views of him when we when uh, his name first comes to mind. So that's interesting. I doubt that he's going to be very funny in this film. <laughs> I mean, in this series, though, unless it's like, I, I doubt this series is going to, I would like for it to have, uh, you know, a, some pitch black humor here and there, but it looks like it's going to be fairly grim. But I feel like an end of the world show should be. So unless it's, you know, something along the lines of, you know, Seth Rogen and James Franco and this is the end or whatever. Yeah, what if the marketing has all been a lie, Charlie, and it's actually a slapstick comedy? (laughs) Oh. Um, I also want to point out that uh, Christopher Eccleston is in the show. Uh, people may know him. He, he, he was the ninth Doctor in Doctor Who. Uh, he also appeared in movies like 28 Days Later. And he's been a bad guy in several recent blockbuster films. He was Destro in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. He was Malekith in Thor The Dark World. You might not have been able to tell that that was him in either of those films due to all the makeup. Uh, and that's that's a shame because he's got a really interesting face. Yeah, he does. You know, I, I haven't does. seen Doctor Who, so I haven't seen him on that show. But every time I see him pop up or I see pictures of him, I just think, man, that guy's got a weird face. I like it. <laughs> I want to see more. Yeah, I completely forgot that he was in Thor The Dark World. I mean, most of that movie's erased from my memory because I don't remember much of it at all. But uh, yeah, he was the villain, right? The, yes. Basically the dark elf that looked like he was out of Prometheus, ironically. And uh, he was the bad guy in 28 Days Later, right? Wasn't yes. he one of the military men? Yeah, he's a good actor. He was terrifying in that movie, so... Now, you said you don't know what to expect, Charlie. I don't know what to expect either, but I'm... I don't know. I I feel like there's been there have been a lot of shows lately with this premise. Some of which I've seen, some of which I have not seen. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this show, Charlie, but there was a show uh, years ago called The Forty Four Hundred. Oh, I've not heard of that. Well, I never saw it, but I heard it was a pretty good show, and it was about uh, these forty four hundred people that basically disappear and then reappear suddenly later 
and huh. they can't remember what happened to them. And uh, there's there have also been a couple recent shows with with a similar premise. Uh, there was a fr- there's a French show called The Returned, which is absolutely phenomenal. That played on the Sundance Channel last fall, and everyone should go check out The Return if you get a chance. It's wonderful, and it's basically about uh, this small French village and what happens when all of these people who died years ago suddenly show up as if they never died, and and they're just back, and they don't realize that they've been dead for years and years and years. And actually, this past uh, spring, there was a, a a show just like that on ABC called Resurrected, in which some, some oh. dead people kind of showed up and uh, mm-hmm. came back to life, and everyone was like, "What's going on? How are you? How are you alive now?" So I'm I'm wondering if uh, the leftovers is going to be similar. I think it'll be interesting if the show is just about people who vanish and they never come back. They just disappear, and we don't know what happened to them, and the show is just about the people who are left behind, and maybe they never really get a concrete answer. I think that would be interesting if if the show just kind of left it ambiguous and just used it as the initial plot device to get things started. Like, yep, there were a bunch of people that disappeared, and that's it. You're never going to find out what happened to them. They're just gone. Now let's follow what happens to, to everyone else. That would make it much more interesting for me too, because I have a very overactive imagination. And um, I think that that would work for a couple seasons. I'm worried that if they, if that's the route they decide to go in, that we're going to want answers by like, you know, season three at the very least. And I'm worried that the show is going to, if it does provide answers that that might be where it fell, uh, falls apart, but that's only based on, you know, what Damon Lindelof's done in the past. And to be fair, I've only seen Prometheus. And the only reason that Prometheus got me so annoyed was because I was so into it for the first hour. So, yeah, I think that it's going to be interesting. It also reminds me, I know this is such a weird, I doubt anyone even remembers this film, but it almost sounds like it could be like a weird sequel to that movie, The Forgotten with Julianne Moore. Oh, I never saw that. (laughs) It was the weirdest. That was a movie about also Julianne Moore's son disappears and then, like, they all basically tell her that she never had a son, and then all the other people in her life start disappearing, and no one remembers they exist either. And it was just one of the most weird mainstream thrillers to come out in, like, the past ten years. And it wasn't very good, but it was just so out there and crazy. But yeah, I hope that it's I hope that it's interesting. I Like I said before, it feels like Stephen King could have also, like, written this as a uh, you know, a big epic novel like The Stand. It kind of has that type of tone, uh, or at least that's the tone that I'm getting from the premise and the advertisements and everything like that. I, I do have faith, though, because it's HBO, and I gave up on True Blood after season four, but apart from that and Entourage, which I can never really get into, there hasn't been an HBO show that I've been, like, really, really upset with. I'm not sure about you, Andrew, but apart, yeah, I just couldn't get into Entourage because I just couldn't get into it. I thought those characters were jerks. And then, you know, I watched True Blood up to a point and then it just got too ridiculous for me. But most HBO shows, um, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty solid. I mean, I can't think of the last one that I watched where I was just very, very disappointed in it. Speaking of True Blood, Charlie, slight tangent. I I find it interesting. You quit after season four. I agree with you. Awful season of television. Season four. It was pretty terrible. Just terrible. Season five, I actually think is one of the best seasons of that show. Wow. <laughs> and uh, season six was was okay, not bad. Uh, season seven just premiered, and I got to tell you, Charlie, I'm kind of curious to see which will end worse, True Blood or Dexter. 
I am wow I'm in it to the end to find out. <laughs> wow. After one episode, I mean, like the last season of Dexter, it took us until like episode four to get concerned. But if you're already on episode one and you're like, this could be horrible. I mean, that's just that's just a red that, that's just a big, big red flag. Yeah. But you're already so far that I guess it's like, you know, what's the point of watching all six previous seasons if you're not going to watch the final ones so. yeah but i agree with you hbo is usually produces some 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 quality television uh i i feel like we've gotten a lot of shows lately about just small groups of people in strange apocalyptic situations you know like last summer there was under the dome and i, I think that's coming back again this summer which was about a hey what do you do when people are suddenly trapped under a weird dome for no reason and how are they going to react how are they going to survive and that show sucked. I watched, watched <laughs> about three or four episodes and then was like, nope, I'm out of this. This is, this is uh-huh. terrible. And uh, Wasn't that also based on a Stephen King book that, like, The Stand was also, like, 1,400 pages or yes, something? Yes, it was. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering if The Leftovers is going to be at all like The Walking Dead, which start, which, which really, it's been on for four seasons now, and I haven't finished the fourth season, but as up to the point I'm watching, there's been there's been really no explanation as to how the zombie plague started and is there a cure and what's what exactly is going on it's really just been about here are the people that survived here's the crazy extremes that they're going to have to go to in order to keep surviving and i'm wondering if the leftovers is, is going to be like that where it's just like hey this crazy thing happened we don't know why we're not going to explain it but here's the people that are left go I certainly hope the characters are better than The Walking Dead because I gave up after season two. It wasn't even like I was like, I quit the show forever. I just, season three came back on and I just, there was so much other, there were so many other shows on at the time and there was, I was fairly busy that I just didn't really care. I feel like The Walking Dead is very entertaining because it's really well shot and it looks great and it knows how to, you know, trigger suspense and really execute very well shot and um, choreographed scenes of horror with the zombies. But I just didn't care about any of those characters because they didn't really give them, at least in the first two seasons I saw, it. there wasn't a whole lot of development. It was basically just, how do we survive? Zombies are here, shoot them in the head, run. We'll stay here for a little bit for like five episodes and then we'll shoot some more zombies and then we'll run somewhere else. And I hope The Leftovers doesn't... I hope The Leftovers at least deals with developing these characters as people and not just as survivors that are forced to extremes because while that does develop them as characters, it would be nice if they could have a little bit of personality so we are able to empathize with them a little bit more because The Walking Dead, it was just very... It was basic stereotypes. You have the the cop who's got a wife and kid and the wife's pregnant and the best friend who, you know, he's becoming enemies with. And then just a bunch of other people that I didn't even I have to be honest, I don't really even remember their names, to be honest. I don't really know their names while watching the show. I was just like, oh, the blonde haired lady and the other woman with a kid. And, you know, uh, like the only person I knew on that show was Carl because he kept pissing me off. But right. that's not a good reason right. to it, know The, the Walking name. Dead, it's not a terrible show, but it's it's it does what it does. And it kind of just does that over and over. And it's very much a plot driven show as opposed to a character show, which is sometimes a problem because there isn't much to the plot a lot of the time. And it goes through spurts where it'll be really, really interesting and, and seems to be touching on some interesting ideas. And then it'll go through, a, through you know, a series of episodes where it's just really not that good at all. So it's, it's a, definitely a mixed bag. I, I agree with you. The Leftovers, I think, is going to 
live or die based on its its characters. If the characters are interesting, I think people will be willing to stick with it no matter what. But if it's just nonstop bleakness and, oh, things are terrible now, and what do we do, and people are awful, and that's it, and there's no one to really invest in, there's no real emotional journey to follow, I think that that is going to, to, to be a problem. Uh, yeah. Because it doesn't matter how great the actors are, doesn't matter doesn't matter how great the the production values are, doesn't matter how interesting the premise is. If there aren't interesting characters to that that, that inhabit that premise, it's going to get dull eventually. Yeah, and Damon Lindelof hasn't written my favorite characters when it comes to his work. He also did Cowboys and Aliens, which was pretty terrible, and Star Trek Into Darkness, which. Was, he didn't really do anything interesting with the characters uh, that we know are uh, so well from you know the previous entries in the franchise and the TV show. I didn't really think he brought those characters into any interesting places. But Tom Pareto, or I mean Tom Peretta, um, I did not know until now that he wrote the novels Election and Little Children, neither of which I've read, but I've seen both of the film adaptations, and they're very good, and those are very character-driven. So hopefully, um, you know... Lindelof can bring his interesting ideas and themes and Peretta can bring uh, some rich complexity into the characters that are going to be conveyed on the show. Right, right. Last thing I want to say, Charlie, before we wrap up this intro episode, uh, some early reviews of The Leftovers have started to trickle out. And I haven't really read any of them in depth, but based on the headlines, it seems like everybody is saying, man, this show is bleak. So I'm, I'm hoping there's more to the show than that. But, uh, yeah. but just so, if you're listening, here's what you can expect. You can apparently expect a pretty downer, <laughs> a yeah. pretty downbeat show. Um, so I hope you're ready for that, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, well, we did True Detective last time, so I think we're still, I think we'll be okay. I mean, could it get, True Detective was pretty bleak, too. And that is dealt true. With a, that is true. And again, True Detective became a, a great, memorable show based entirely on the strength of those characters. Absolutely, yeah, because those characters played by Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson were so strong, and they're basically iconic now. I mean, the amount of satire and spoofs of that show alone in just a few months is kind of insane. I've seen so many Matthew McConaughey spoofs of that, you know, just him at a desk, and like I've seen Patton Oswalt do that, I've seen um, a funnier die skit based on that, so... You know, and this could be, you know, I'm also wondering as to the popularity of the show, too, because sometimes HBO shows take a little bit to get going and then they eventually find the fan base. But then there's other stuff like Game of Thrones and True Blood where it's an instant hit right away. And I honestly don't know what the audiences are going to be like or if it's going to become like a huge hit, especially if it is so bleak. Um, and, you know, sometimes I feel like since it's advertised so vaguely, I that works for me. But some people really want to know what they're getting into before they watch it, even if it's only an hour of television. So I have no idea what the turnout is going to be like, both critically and in terms of its viewers. But that's another reason why I find it to be so intriguing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it all turns out. Anything else you want to say about The Leftovers before we review the pilot episode next week? Um, No, I think uh, I've said all I needed to say. Uh, how about you? No, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. It'll definitely, uh, It'll definitely be interesting. So hopefully it'll turn out to be a really, really great series. Uh, We hope 
that all of you who are listening will, will join us on this 10-episode ride. Uh, here's what you can do uh, to help us out in the meantime. Uh, please email us at leftovers at filmgeekradio.com. Write in and let us know what you think of the uh, premiere episode. The show premieres on June 29th. Let us know what you think, uh, and maybe we will uh, read your thoughts on, uh, on the podcast. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. That way, uh, you can automatically receive each new episode when it's released. And uh, please leave us a review. That really helps us get the word out about the program. And if you leave us a positive review, we will make you an honorary member of the Tupperware Party team. And we'll give you a special shout-out on the show. Uh, you can also call and leave us a voicemail, either by visiting filmgeekradio.com, where you'll see the option to leave us an audio message on the right side of the homepage. Or you can call us at 336-793-2509. So please call in and let us know what you think of both The Leftovers and The Tupperware Party. We might even play your voicemail on the air. That happened a lot on our True Detective podcast, and it was really great to hear directly from listeners, and I think it allowed us to have a really cool, in-depth dialogue about the show. And uh, as always, don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix. That's our weekly movie review show. We've been on hiatus for a while, but we are back now for the summer, so check that out. Charlie, where can people find more of your work? You can read uh, pieces that I've written for Edge on the Net at edgeonthenet.com, as well as the pieces I've written for Movie Mezzanine on moviemezzanine.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at ctnash91. That's C-T-N-A-S-H 91. And I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find me hosting a few other podcasts at filmgeekcreator.com. You can also find my film reviews over at moviemezzanine.com, where I'm also an editor. So check those out, and be sure to follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. That'll wrap it up for this episode, and we'll see you next week for the Tupperware Party. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!